Just to clarify, this is what I was trying to do before. So is it one, two, three, clap, or one, two, clap? <laughs> Drew, why would it be why would it be one, two, clap? Why on earth would three ever come into the equation <laughs> if it on was three. one, two, clap? It's on the third beat. It could be one, it's two, on three. The, the, <laughs> the full you could still say three and count clap. of no, 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 hold on. The full <laughs> saying, I'm not saying colloquially, colloquially you're wrong. I'm just saying the saying is on the count of three, one, two, three. Like it's it's almost implied like it's one, two, three, and then it would clap whenever the imaginary four would be happening. So it's on four. <laughs> I Point taken, I see what you're saying, but I the the bigger question here is not... Whether that is <laughs> logically sound, the question is, when I say one, or like on the count of three, that means I will count to three and then we'll clap. It does not mean I, uh, count I to three. So. Like it's like you're trying to do x to the power of n minus one <laughs> or something like that. Like <laughs> you're trying to write it. No, no, no. You're trying to re- write a recursive formula for when to clap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Th- Drew, I'm just saying, that's that's great and that's really intelligent. Like that's like an incredible. Well, yeah, I'm great and really intelligent, Matthew. No, I'm just saying, like, well, you are, <laughs> you are, buddy. Um, I'm just saying, like, I have a tendency to think of that as, I don't want to go so far as to say, like, I like I'm rolling my eyes at thinking it of it that way, mm-hmm. but you're taking it less literally in a really like fun way <laughs> and that's just not something i do very often i tend to take everything at face value pretty mm-hmm. much um and so it like i have a tendency to label like the that kind of thinking that you're exhibiting <laughs> like not childish it's not a bad thing it's just like why would why would it, my brain says why would anyone ever think of it that way mm-hmm. but it is it's got so much merit in its own right for different reasons and so i'm willing to drop drop the case your honor <laughs> all right well then let's uh do it on two clap on two <laughs> so just to be clear <laughs> It's one, two, clap. clap. <laughs> or now on the count of two, is it one clap? <laughs> this is the whole, the the hole you've dug yourself. Everybody, just just let's just have fun with it. <laughs> okay. Um. No, actually, let's do it on three. You're on three because I think I could use the extra beat for just help with like the tempo. I think I'm gonna need the tempo support. <laughs> I don't know if if two beats will be enough for me to establish a like <laughs> internal cadence. <laughs> this this is the most so this is what I'm talking. Okay, now I'm going to get back on my soapbox. This is the most non-understandable <laughs> problem in the world to me. Like <laughs> I may not be able to judge pitch correctly. But I can judge the amount of time between notes, 
like a mofo. Like that is so easy for me. Mm. Um, granted, I think that was just something I'm a little bit good at. That being in percussion made me a lot better at. Like I, it's apples to oranges, really, mm-hmm. at some level. But I was just never really in an instrument that actively encouraged me to get good at hearing pitch because mm-hmm. the, uh, it's like with piano, it's like being able to hear and discern pitches helps learn music, but not helps you. It doesn't really help you play music, yeah. other than maybe like phrasing, I guess. Yeah, it helps you write music, but like yes, yes. Um, but that's like some deep stuff. That's not like technique related mm-hmm. in terms of the physical playing. But yeah. my hands, my hands and feet are locked in. <laughs> like I can drum an accurate tempo for, I would say like if we did like 10 trials, at least one of those could go for like three minutes, I would say. Mm-hmm. Just, mm. and like you click the metronome back on and I'm still on it. That's crazy. No, I, I, I would lose it within half a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to do... <laughs> This has been an engaging and thoughtful conversation. I hope this stays in. Um, so we're going to do... And this doesn't even get into the ethics of 1-2-3 versus 3-2-1. Um, I think that's a little bit... Um, yeah, we just can't break that metatextual. into the equation. Yeah, we, it's a little bit metatextual for us at this point. So I don't like my choice, but I went with 1-2-3 earlier. Normally I'm a 3-2-1 man. We're sticking mm-hmm. with 1-2-3. Does okay. that work for you? Yeah, that's fine. So we're going to do 1-2-3. To, this is the practice one, Drew. Tempo. <laughs> one, two, two three, three, clap. Honestly, I think that one would work for the clap, <laughs> but just to have a, one that's kind of spaced out, let's yeah. do it one more time. Okay. Um. So it's going to be one, two, three, clap. All right. Yep. One, one two, two, three, three clap. Woo! <laughs> Good job, bud. We're on like a three-ish second delay, and so... This is a little bit of me covering my ass for when I have to edit this and a little bit of just showing y'all the inside scoop. Um, there are going to be times when we accidentally like laugh or talk over one, one another on our mm-hmm. own ends where we're recording because of the lag in time. So um, cut us some slack, would you? Because <laughs> that saves me about 30 to 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, also... If true, it- this is the first time... Go, oh, go ahead. If it wasn't clear, See, good example. <laughs> uh, we are recording remotely. I am in Savannah while Matthew is in Athens. And I'm Drew, the other host. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Matthew, your other co host. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Oliphant's Motorcycle Club, a podcast where we talk about Lord of the Rings and whatever the hell. This week, one of our infamous whatever the hell episodes. Yeah. Um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have just come out with a new single, uh, so we had to drop everything and record this episode. Yeah, because, Drew, I don't know if you remember, but even before we started the show, when we were still in the planning phase, mm-hmm. the idea was brought up of having a Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> minute. Um, yeah. Like, this would have been October of last year. Yeah. Just because, like, there's so much that we specifically would be able to talk about, I think. We're both former members of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, famously. Yes. <laughs> hey, you, me, and everyone else, am I right? Have you looked at the list of their drummers and guitarists? Damn. My lord. Um, but, Drew, I'm so happy you brought that up because 
I think that the first episode of whatever we wind up calling this segment needs... We need to introduce our relationship with the Red Hot Chili Peppers before we speak one yeah. minute about... One hot minute. Any one song. One hot minute? Whoa. One might even say. <laughs> See, I said it, but I said it after you and louder, so it makes me oh, funny. Oh, that was a good comedic <laughs> tip there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Matt. High school Matthew, ooh, that was his go-to. All right, well, we're going to talk about uh, you know Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff in a minute, but first, it's been a, like kind of a while since we've talked to each other, Matthew. Yeah, it's been like so. The last time I was there was a little bit after New Year, so I think it's been about a month, may, give or yeah. take a week. Yeah, and so this is being recorded the same day that the last episode was edited. So we're finally bridging that gap between recording date and releasing date um, and get about to be a lot more timely as a podcast, I would say. Producer's note, they would not. <laughs> I normally would agree, but knowing my tendency to procrastinate and I have like <laughs> decided that I really like editing and want to be the editor... There's a very good chance that we're going to get into some scrapes here unless that's we start okay. stacking material back up. But that's I'm fine with that. I think it'll be nice to be able to talk about stuff that's currently going on, mm-hmm. and that will make, or at least one week in the past, Yeah. <laughs> by the time it comes out. Um, I think that will more than make up for um, the the need to maybe do some more remote episodes. That's the other part of that equation. Yeah. Because... Drew and I do live a little bit further from one another. What we've been able to do is drive back and forth Mm -hmm. and do like two episodes a trip in whichever direction. Um, But I'm in school again. Drew's working. Yeah. And it's a four-hour drive. We can't do it every week. We did it three weeks in a row. Yeah, that's crazy. At the end, like between Christmas and when I went back to school. Yeah, that's exhausting. But... It'll also give us a good opportunity when we can do that to make those episodes like a little bit more special, you know? And so it, yeah, as we get more sure. comfortable doing remote episodes as sort of like, you know, kind of the default, um, that'll make us be motivated to do something that might be a little bit more fun when we're actually able to make the time to be in person. So yeah, look forward to that. Also, I think we figured out that half the reason the lag was so bad the last time we recorded <laughs> is because Drew was on a VPN and w- he turned it off in trying to fix a tech problem before we started <laughs> and immediately it went from like iPod touch fourth gen <laughs> graphics to um uh like Skyrim ported to a <laughs> fridge video screen so you know like not great but like an upgrade to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so hopefully that will make these go even smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, Matthew, what you been up to lately? I so there have been big happenings in the uh Matthew Brantley dash Melody Montgomery sphere of a mm-hmm. uh, little old Athens, Georgia. Oh, I think I know what you're gonna talk about. I'm ready for you to talk about this. <laughs> Since I think we're talking about the same thing, even though there's something I'm more excited about, I'll go ahead and cut to the chase. (laughs) Um, Melody and I flipped our bedroom and our living room 
Yeah. How are y'all liking that? We are, Drew, are you ready for this? <laughs> loving it. We are loving it. I'm it sure you are. Impeccable. That's. I realized to the listener that this might not be the most um, riveting topic since you don't know what either of those rooms look like. <laughs> I'll do my best to describe them well enough to Drew. Um but maybe I can. I'll link some. I'll link some pictures, mm. Mm. Um, or I'll at least send you some, Drew. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen um, the pictures already. But we had, we had, a pretty open living room, um, and to a door to the right of the house in a kind of smaller room. We had our bedroom. So the bedroom, very cute, but it was kind of cramped. The living room very spacious, but very dark. The windows are just positioned like to the the east and the north mm. and so by the end of the day there's like no light in there it's yeah. crazy and it's got this very imposing like dark green rug so it's very mm-hmm. just very dark all the time we we moved our bed in the living room so it's now center stage my dresser is in there and it's like a dream mm-hmm. it is not only are you waking up and standing on carpet which is yeah. great because it had been hardwood yeah um we the the windows are positioned perfectly for waking up in the morning, so the natural light comes in. It's been so much easier to wake up the last three days. Nice, it's wild. That's cool, and I like that it sort of, um, it makes your so the entrance to your attic is through the closet of what used to be your bedroom, and I like that it sort of makes those two areas a little bit more connected, like the two main hangout areas of the house. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. It that was that was part of the motivation was not so much that it's awkward to walk through the bedroom mm-hmm. but that it the like you suggested like the the attic which we've kind of converted into like a hangout kind of space mm-hmm. and the living room conceptually so much closer together yeah. on, on the mind map uh, if i may <laughs> of our house's rooms they're a lot more closely related yeah, than for sure. um than the bedroom and the attic. And so, and on top of that, the the living room being in a more compressed space, so much more chill in there. Nice. Will you be putting your record player and record collection in the new living room? No, and that's because um, we don't have enough wall for it. Mm. There's like, this is riveting radio, I'm realizing <laughs> as I'm talking. <laughs> Um, maybe we can cut some of this. Melody's dresser is still in there, and so that's on one wall, and underneath the window is a bookcase. Mm-hmm. So there's, so it's entertainment center plus bar cart on one wall. Mm-hmm. There's the bookcase under the windows, um, sofa, Melody's dresser. There's nowhere for it. Mm-hmm. I would love it to be in there. Um, but I am thinking about until you and Elena request the record player back, maybe setting it up. Yeah, in there that'd be cool. I think that'd be cool. So I, you know, it, there's there's room to grow. We we did it across two days, mm-hmm. but we, so far the the early returns quite good. Nice. Yeah, it's also it's just so nice to have like a change of scenery like that, you know, where it's still like a a familiar space. But like. yes, and I was so resistant to it because I was like. What we landed on 
I've thought about this a bunch. It couldn't possibly be the best arrangement, mm-hmm. but you would be shocked how an unintuitive arrangement really like refreshes you. It's nuts. That is like some weird psychological stuff mm-hmm. that I don't think I'll ever understand. Um, like exactly what mechanism does that, but yeah. damn if it don't work. I'll put yeah. it that way. I actually put my uh, toaster oven on our porch. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've experimented with that in the bath. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little dark, but I, I think it plays. <laughs> You're talking about uh, putting a bath on the porch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but that's that's a little boring. It's very interesting in my life, and it's somewhat interesting in Drew's life because he's been there so much. But what I really went through since I saw you last that has been awesome is me and Melody went to three concerts in the span of eight days. Nice. That's cool. We I did. haven't been to very many concerts <laughs> lately, so neither, that's cool. Neither, Drew, you know how much, like in yeah. college, you know how many shows I was going to. Mm-hmm. It was like at least one a month and sometimes two or three. I went to one show in August 2019. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, November 2019. One show in August of 21, mm-hmm. and then these three shows in the last week. Nice. So it's like, it's been, it's been four, five shows total since 2019. We went and saw Courtney Barnett with um, last weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the opener, but she was very good. Um, we went to see His Golden Messenger. This past Friday, who's golden which is messenger? One of my new favorite, his, <laughs> his. <laughs> and yeah, it's not his golden messenger. It's his golden messenger. <laughs> don't ask me why. In the hey, in the infamous words of Billy Joel, don't ask me why. <laughs> I may be crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this just might be the podcast about red hot chili peppers you're looking for. <laughs> But and I wanted to give a shout out for the openers that I do remember. The opener for His Golden Messenger was this one piece. Um uh their name was Alexa Rose. Mm. Um not a one piece bathing suit, a person. I just meant one piece outfit, I guess. I thought you meant the anime. So Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like straw hat, like a red vest, <laughs> real short jean shorts, I think. Yeah, like Barefoot. a lollipop that was Originally a cigarette in the Japanese version or something. <laughs> We've already exhausted. Hey, hey, apologies to all the Gerard Fords in my life. We have exhausted, <laughs> and Jacob Brantley's. We have exhausted my One Piece knowledge. Yeah, same. Just on the visuals of the characters. I don't think I've ever seen an episode. Yeah, no, I definitely haven't. <laughs> but Alexa Rose opened for His Golden Messenger, and she was great. Very soulful. Nice. Um, and And then Saturday we saw... Um, Waxahachie mm. and the, the opener for Waxahachie was uh, Maddie Diaz I believe is her name they were both phenomenal they nice. were so good like I- incredible show cool and I got some really cool concert shirts that I will share with you after the pod because cool. the visuals are not going <laughs> to be very good for the listener and I appreciate that I'm looking out for you <laughs> 
And the only other thing that I wanted to talk about from my life, like this is seriously every one of the thing interesting things that has happened since I saw you last happened in the last like eight, <laughs> like seven or eight days. Yeah. It's been a long, dreary march to the last week. Mm-hmm. The last thing is Melody and I got the KFC Beyond. Oh yeah, or I don't even know. I still what haven't the hell tried they that. Are, but the plant-based chicken. Mm-hmm. I'll. Here's here's my elevator pitch. Imagine if tofu tasted like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hmm. Okay. Does that not sound really good? Yeah. I mean, any if you describe anything as tasting like Kentucky Fried Chicken, I'm probably going to be sold. That and that's what I'm saying. So for the people who don't know, and I will concede to opponents to this that it is not the most appealing texture or like visuals mm-hmm. but i think they did they they made some hard choices in emulating like fried chicken like big cuts of chicken yeah um and so they use something that's it's basically like it almost looks like a square of tofu it's like exactly the same mm-hmm. maybe even a little more dense and they coat that in the breading and the spicing nice and so it tastes the breading is spot on it is like square shaped and so i think some people are like they and this is you were bringing up a couple of episodes ago a kind of person you don't understand this tweety bird (laughs) car owning person yeah who you heavily implied through your words and actions what needed to be a woman for some reason I just felt like most of the time that type of person that I have seen was a woman. Well, or maybe I just assumed them to be a woman because it it's even harder for me to imagine a man who's dedicated his entire VW Bug to Betty Boop. <laughs> oh, why is that, Drew? You want to explain? Hey, it it doesn't it doesn't break down. It doesn't break down. It's just that's how I I imagined it. Hey, for I, the record. I understand what you're saying. I'm just making fun of you yeah, because of plays. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the hell were we talking about even? Uh, KFC. Oh, correct. Um, so it does not look like chicken. What I was going to say, the kind of person that I don't understand is the well I understand them I just think they're dumb <laughs> is the kind of person that thinks it's a in in epic own to be like uh actually this doesn't even look like chicken yeah and it's like I don't think you really understand why what what path it is that led me to eat this which is a little bit hey yeah. hey let's just ex- exclaim it as vegetarians it's a little bit hard. It, you question yourself sometimes, and it is not always fun. But mm-hmm. like, it's not that hard, and I feel good about doing it. Yeah, and it makes me eat better for being vegetarian. I think. Yes, definitely. And because of all that, one of the things that does not enter my calculus is how much does this look like meat? Yeah, because <laughs> I actively want it to look less like meat. Please and thank you at this point. I don't care how it looks, honestly. I just don't really want to eat it. I'll tell you that much. There you go. But it tasted it what okay, out of ten, what would it be? I was going into it with such low expectations. 
that I think it gets this weird kind of like spiteful number boost out of me trying to like, mm-hmm. it's not contrarianism. It is explicitly just that I think that these are, I like I'm blown away by how good they are in light of how bad I was led to believe they would be. That being said, I'm going to give it like an, uh, like an eight. Okay. It, it is solid. It's solid. It's like Taco Bell to restaurant. How would Mexican. you? How would you rate your fullness afterwards? Because the reason me and Elena haven't tried it yet is because when we saw it on like DoorDash or something, it didn't look like it would be particularly filling for the price. So because they're squares, mm-hmm. they're like yay big. Okay. They're and they're like about that thick. It's like it looks like a lot. It it is more than it looks like, and. Mm-hmm. We got it with, like, Melody got some French fries, I got some mashed potatoes, and we sp- shared some mac and mm-hmm. cheese. And so, like, there was there was a lot happening. It was, it was I th- I think it was perfect. If I got it again, I will say I would get the 12 instead of the 6. Yeah. But it's expensive delivered. Yeah. Did you see that? It's like 17 bucks yeah. for 12. But then again, that's not, it's like a dollar each. It's like, that's a lot, but it's like, that's concession stand pricing. I would I could eat significantly better in Savannah for seventeen dollars per person. <laughs> That's true, and that and that is a consideration. But I think as a novelty, yeah, I think it was a great success. It, yeah, I like I would get it again if they had some kind of like some kind of like mac and cheese and bean combo with it. I would definitely get that. Before we move on, Drew, do you want to hear about a tragedy related to this KFC endeavor? <laughs> sure. Melody and I we're simple people. We like simple things. Chiefly among them, a good biscuit every once in a mm. while. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. We're we're biscuit people here. Yeah. It's definitely. it's what being in the South means. No matter who you are. So, like any God fearing Southerner, <laughs> I clicked on the <laughs> two biscuit on my DoorDash app. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as we were unpacking it when it got here, there were no biscuits to be found. But you know what they subbed it for? You know what they subbed the oh, biscuits no. with? Chicken. Gravy. No. What? They <laughs> said, we got four biscuits total, I'm pretty sure. And to make up for that, they gave us a liter bag <gasps> of Pepsi. What? <laughs> That's deranged, right? That's in, that's crazy. That, is it like you can even slap it? Yeah, this is like a so Matthew it looks just like bagged wine for the listener. Yeah, for the listener at home, Matthew just pulled onto the screen on Facetime the bag of Pepsi. Is it? It's not. It can't be carbonated anymore. Did they fill it up at the restaurant, or did it come like that? It. I don't know. <laughs> This is never. This is never like, something that has occurred to me to think about. Did they just like? They can't have just filled it up from the fountain, right? I I don't know. I don't care really. Who would buy Pepsi like that? I think it's just if you get it, must cost less for them to do these instead of actually. You know, it's probably a safe or like a um a space saving measure. Mm-hmm. Like I bet you can fit more units into a defined space when they're in bags like this versus upright two liters. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's a money saving thing. Um, whatever. It makes sense for KFC to do this from a cost perspective. I'll tell you that. But much. was that like something that they were meant to, it, it, 
do they just sell those as units to the customer? I believe. You know how like Dairy Queen also sells like cakes for birthday parties? Yeah. <laughs> they sell bags of Pepsi at KFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it's their dilly bar. <laughs> I think similarly KFC part of their bag chasing is like we know we know we're not many people's first stop when they're just like on a road trip. That's fine. We are going to sell the hell out of some sides and chicken like combo meals like Yeah. It, be, like it's a, always advertised like as like style. feed a family of thirty six. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it. I believe this is not standard, but I think the bigger bag oh. is like this would be for your. You ordered the party pack for a family, and this is what the drink comes in instead of yeah. a two liter. It's sort of like Bojangles usually just has a gallon jug. I feel like they should have given you tea though. I agree, and that's my other grievance that I had already <laughs> forgot. Thank you for bringing it up. I ordered sweet tea, and they must have been out of that too because oh. I got Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! So I got I got two drinks that I didn't order and no biscuits. <laughs> what the hell? That sucks. This was a tragedy. But but we I, I'm gonna be honest. Game recognizes game. Um. I think they comped us the right amount from a dollar perspective mm-hmm. okay. for the difference. I don't know what this cost, but it can't have been cheap. So this is probably even like an overpay. Um, it's not what I wanted, but they at least tried. Mm-hmm. And that counts for something. They must have just been out of yeah. the things we ordered. And it's it's hard to communicate with the buyer. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been in in that on that side of things a lot where it's like you're out of a lot of ingredients you're already having to like they probably have called other customers that night and were just tired of it by that point you know like with the same problems i want to be very clear like we we don't get that political that often but i want to be very clear that I am firmly on the side of the people working at the restaurant and the people driving those cars because they should not have to deal with any shit. Yeah. And it is not my place, even one iota, to complain about any part of that other than to get Uber to give me my money back for the mm-hmm. the thing that got messed up. Yeah. And everything else is like I, I like I'm saying, it's like I'm happy that they gave me this. That was really cool of them to do. They didn't need to do that. Right. I've had managers tell me to not do that, not do something similar yeah. to save money before. And that's that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm sorry that you had those biscuit troubles. I will say that lately I have been having the opposite of biscuit troubles. Biscuit successes? Some might some might describe it as such. <laughs> I've been pers- perfecting a uh, sourdough biscuit recipe. And I'm going to be honest, the first couple of times they they were some biscuit troubles. But after about the second batch, that's when it really clicked for old Drew. Biscuit troubles. That's a thing that happened in like Northern Ireland, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the cranberries wrote a song about it. That's why they all eat scones over there now, I think. Oh, true. This doesn't scratch the same itch, though. Okay, well, Matthew, enough about sourdough biscuits and all that other stuff that we were just talking about. Let's get into the meat of this episode. <laughs> 
Um, also known as the Red Hot Chili Pepper Power Hour. <laughs> Our newest segment. Or should it be one hot red hot chili pepper minute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that is that fair? One like, hot I don't mean hedgy hot chili chili pepper minute. <laughs> One hot hedgy hochi parentheses red hot chili pepper minute. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> that feels like a good collab. Yeah. Um, I like that we can get hedgy hochi in there for our Brazilian SEO. <laughs> Which, real quick, do you, this is just a, a very simple question. We don't need to dive into anything. Do you have any concept of why they are so massively popular in like Central and South America? I don't know. I. I wonder if part of it is just, like, they liked touring there, you know? Definitely could be. And it, I, it, I feel like there's a lot of similarities between, like, California 90s culture and, like, 90s to early 2000s Brazilian culture. Or at least my perception of it. A lot of surfing crossover, for sure. Yes. And skater yes. culture. My two cents on the matter, I think that the genre mm-hmm. of instrumentation is not always similar, but especially at their peak mm-hmm. had elements that would have been familiar yeah. to someone listening in South or Central America. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we know how much the Brazilians love their funky. Yeah. I'll also say that at least in a lot of like seventies Brazilian music, talking like Georgie Benjor, there's a lot of like just like sing-songy random syllable sort of scatting almost which is we know yes. a, a lot of people honestly find kind of grating about Anthony Kiedis I would say so it's like that that's the type of thing that wouldn't be grating to a lot of Brazilian people I would say in the same way Yeah it's totally just cultural context yeah. and American cultural context is you you sing lines. You don't talk. You don't mm-hmm. rap. Certainly, but you don't scat. Like and like, I think let's just call it what it is. I think it's just white people don't <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, not that Red Hot Chili Peppers are massively popular with like in my experience with black listeners in the mm-hmm. U.S. or you know anyone really outside of like sh- shitty like white kids. Yeah, um, <laughs> but at least in the states. But I I do think that the the negative reaction that I hear in a lot of people is like it's always is like it, the, it, it he's stupid they're stupid yeah like the lyrics are bad they're dumb yeah and like there there are a lot of things but they're not dumb you know what I'm yeah. saying <laughs> yeah I was thinking like I think I'd have a good time talking to Anthony Kiedis I was listening to them in the shower right before we got on the call. Um, just so that I could sort of get in a in a red hot frame of mind, and it's nice to get in a red hot frame of mind every once in a while. Mm-hmm. We okay, so let's just now that we've dispensed with the the Brazilian <laughs> listeners, um, I I do want to talk a little bit about why we're even <laughs> venturing into like an extended yeah. segment about red hot chili peppers. Mm-hmm. Drew and I ate, <laughs> slept. What is the other one? Breathe, sleep, breathed. Uh, maybe eat, sleep, breathe. I, yeah, I guess yeah, that doesn't it. sound right though. Um, 
we brose red hot chili peppers. <laughs> it starting in like it had to have been sixth grade, right? Yeah. I mean like I Red Hot Chili Peppers were my favorite band when I was like a toddler. Um and then I got mm. into them again in like the very end of fifth grade, I remember. Um, into yes. sixth grade, and then that was definitely a big part of what sort of made us better friends, I would say, is us bonding over Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that. And I would say for a while, um, within the the greater Madison County middle school community, um, we were definitely, I would, we were probably thought of as some authorities on Red Hot Chili Peppers locally, at least. Yes, not <laughs> in no small part for me because I wore a Red Hot Chili yeah. Peppers t-shirt like at least one or two days a week. Yeah. Um, and I never thought of myself as being that guy, but I'm realizing in retrospect, just the decision to wear that shirt made me that guy, and that's a very sobering realization. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we we were all Cole's graphic tees kids at one point. This is true. And then I discovered those mail away like catalogs that had a bunch it was basically like rock. I think it was called like Rockabilia, maybe even. Mm. It was like a catalog with all like band merch and that that shit changed my life. Mm-hmm. Well to kind of go back to how we got started, like Drew like you said, Drew, and I had kind of forgotten about this, and I maybe this is first child syndrome. Mm-hmm. I was like I learned about Red Hot Chili Peppers in fits and spurts, and mm. I forgot that that could not be the case for somebody. I forgot that your parents had you <laughs> listening to like Red Hot Chili Peppers as a kid. That was not the case for me. It, rock, yes, including '90s rock, yes. Mm-hmm. But Red Hot Chili Peppers were very much they were kind of talked about the same way that like SpongeBob was talked about, which is like <laughs> this is fine. You're just too young for it. You know what I'm saying? You're too young for SpongeBob. That's what my I don't know. It think how some people are about Harry Potter with their kids. Yeah, and I think my but my mom and my dad's and like God love them for this. Like I didn't like it, but I fair enough. It it was always about like there's a time and a place for this when you're ready for it. Like in like developmentally, then you can have it. So like they Mm -hmm. were never mad at us for watching it. They always just framed it as like. And I think it is just a classic parent thing of like I don't want to deal with you being scared by something, so yeah. like <laughs> I, we're just gonna we're just gonna like let you get this in little yeah. chunks. You were um, famously as a child, you were also horrified of epic bass lines. <laughs> that, that, this is absolutely <laughs> true. No, um, but for me, my introduction was probably on the radio with like "Give It Away." Mm-hmm. Like I I knew that song. But then, in like 2006, so I was like eight or nine, mm-hmm. or maybe it was maybe it was a little bit later, maybe like 2007, 2008, whenever the PlayStation came out. Three, my parents bought Rock Band and a PlayStation mm. Three, like separate from us. They bought it for them <laughs> to play Rock Band. That's crazy. That's, That's kind of yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But we benefited dramatically from yeah. that decision. I played that constantly. And I loved it. And I heard, like, I, there were so many bands that I heard one song by so much earlier than I ever knew mm-hmm. them for real. So, like, Give It Away and Under the Bridge. I know Under the Bridge was on there. And there was one other, I think, by yeah. them. 
but they were on Rock Band, and I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. <laughs> That's where I heard, like, The Strokes for the first time. Reptilia was on mm. there, and my mom was like, this song's weird. <laughs> and maybe that's why I like it. Um, but anyways, then in middle school, Morgan's older brother mm-hmm. um, showed me, Luke showed me Stadium Arcadium mm. on a church retreat. Oh, shit. Like, he was playing it on his truck speakers, and it was like, <laughs> He played me. He played me. Um, Charlie was the oh, first cool. like song I like was introduced to in earnest mm-hmm. of theirs. And what a what a first song yeah. to go in on because that's kind of a that's kind of a deep cut, but that one's really solid. Yeah, it is, it's really good. But but yeah, so we just we kept listening to them, mm-hmm. and like we we would listen to it. It was never so much we talk. I mean, we talked about them some. But it was mostly just that we both really loved listening to it for yeah. most of middle school and high school. Yeah. And we kind of, we didn't grow out of it, but I remember about like late high school, I it started to kind of decline. By, I would say by ninth grade, I was, they were no longer in my everyday rotation of like in their entire catalog that is, was no longer in my yeah. everyday rotation in the same way that it was in like eighth grade. But, like, every now and then I will, either something will come up. Like, really, I think at this point the only song that I might have in my library by them is uh, Scar Tissue. And I might have, like, Under the Bridge and Other Side, you know, like, the big yeah. ones. But, like, yeah, there was there was a while where I was basically just listening to them and nothing else. Yeah. Whereas, for me, I loved them a ton and I li- there was a period where I listened to it nonstop, everything, anything yeah. I could get my hands on. Um, this is also around the same time that I started learning bass, and so mm-hmm. I was really motivated to listen to them a lot yeah. to like play like Flea. Like he right. is my bass inspiration. He, is, I mean, he he was just the first one. There's no one mm-hmm. else that could be. And I was trying to get good at slap bass, which is not that easy either. And so I listened to them, yeah, constantly from like 2012 on. Mm-hmm. Um. And to this day, like I, I have every album of theirs, and yeah. it, it's just in my iTunes library, and I just shuffle everything that I have, mm. and so I hear a lot and a lot of different stuff all the time. Yeah, I will say, also, I, at this point, am sort of coming out of a like couple year Red Hot Chili Peppers dark age of like not necessarily like actively shunning them. But I definitely, like, kind of realized why people do dislike them. Um, and mm. I Speak on it a little bit. I'm curious about this. Well, like, talking about Black Summer, for example, and really all it is is I have a better appreciation for what good vocals are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely the case that he is the weakest link in Black Summer. It's Anthony Kiedis' vocals. <laughs> And some would say in all of their songs, yeah, I would disagree. I, I mean the 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 shining gem of this song is like it's the the return of John Frusciante, you know. Yes, and so it's like that's just all I'm thinking about when I'm hearing that is like, yeah, this sounds like John Frusciante playing the guitar again, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, one thing before we dive in, and this is the real impetus for this segment. If hey, if you've been living under some non-RHCP <laughs> asterisk shaped rock, 
and you don't know about this, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, in like, okay, so one of their longtime guitarists, their longest serving guitarist, John Frusciante, yeah. who many people regard as the their best member yeah. ever. like their, period, uh, their official style. guitar player, even though he's, that's the position in the band that has changed the most throughout the band's history. Yes. He's not even the founding guitarist. Yeah. There is another, there's a second beloved died tragically young guitarist mm-hmm. named Hillel Slovak that people think is even better than John. Yeah. And, but he died, I think he OD'd, right? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, the, the people that think that, I think for the most part, aside from like literally Anthony Kiedis and Flea, like, I feel like anybody that actually thinks that is kind of just gatekeeping. <laughs> Yeah, and I think maybe having, <laughs> I'm almost ashamed to admit that I've read both Anthony Kiedis' <laughs> and Flea's autobiographies, <laughs> but having some insight to into them as people, even through ghostwriters for Anthony Kiedis's, presumably, mm-hmm. um, Flea's, he did by himself, and so that's that's real good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like some of that is like the spirit that Hillel brought, regardless yeah. of guitar ability, even though he was really good. Yeah. Um, and... John Frusciante is uh, like a wizard on guitar. Yeah. But he doesn't bring a ton of like zaniness to, to it anymore. Not in no small part due to years of like uh, substance um, yeah. abuse issues. He's He definitely seems to have like a very, even within an environment like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it's obviously pretty open to creativity. Like, he seems to have like a pretty unique creative sort of force driving him that it seems to yeah. be not present in any of the other members of the band, at least to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. He, I, he is probably my favorite member at this point. Um, but, and I think it, it's cause you know, he, he obviously he's the, their, the guitar player that they have written the most hits with. You know, yes, and so sure. it's like, I think part of what got me out of them is not that I thought Josh Klinghoffer, who was their guitar player, in the interim between John Frusciante leaving last time and John Frusciante recently coming back, Josh Klinghoffer was their guitar player in that little interim there, but, so I feel like without John Frusciante, it part of what got me out of listening to them was it didn't have that specific sort of like sound that just I feel like is sort of signature to him. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like a cool, like, fluidity. Uh, yeah. Fluidity, you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I will get on my soapbox really fast just to say I think that Josh Klinghoffer is unfairly maligned no i think he no i was trying to say i think he's a good guitar player i just he didn't he felt like he's also like 20 years younger than them like he felt like he was doing a different thing creatively you know yeah he um he didn't pass the vibe check it sounds yeah. like <laughs> um, but he was their touring like backup guitarist so it it, it was yeah. like just the easiest yeah it 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 didn't i'm sure for him that was everything and I, I'm sure he was like, this is, this is awesome, but yes. I think he was probably kind of happy when he left and was able to do his own thing creatively. Absolutely, 
I think Red Red Hot Chili Peppers are about to enter a renaissance, and he knew he was holding them back from that, mm-hmm. assuming John was interested again. Yeah, which I think he probably knew as soon as he became the official guitar player that like, but there's always an open invitation for John Frusciante to come back. And I'm sure they were upfront about that. Like yeah. they don't strike me as people that would hide that from him. Right. But it 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 did always feel a little bit awkward. And the stuff they put out, I maintain, I'm with you, is like an incredible album. Mm-hmm. It, I love it front to back because, Flea and Chad shine so much. Mm-hmm. It is every lo- song. It seems like begins with a really good baseline mm-hmm. it, it's really good it, there's some catchy songs on it too mm-hmm. but um the last album that came out oh what was it called oh the getaway yeah i don't think i listened to that once <laughs> underwhelming underwhelming yeah. is all hell yeah it, there there are like two good songs on it i don't remember a single one of the songs on it like i couldn't tell you a name even the the one that sticks out the most in my mind is Go Robot, but <laughs> very kind of cringy, um, very much like seems like it was like made in a lab to be a single kind of yeah. song. Mm. Um, there's also Dark Necessities. Oh, which is yeah, that's the one I... good. Okay, I did know that song, actually. So a couple of albums in a row that were like... I one that I think was pretty good, but most people think is mid, and then one album that people th- straight up think is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, there might even be another one in there. I can't remember. Um, but in like 2020, they uh, re- they announced might have been 21. Who knows? John announced that he was coming back to the band, and everyone collectively lost their minds. Mm-hmm. Not myself included. Like I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I was I was excited, and they just put out the new single Black Summer ahead of their forthcoming album titled, uh, what is it? Unlimited Love? Yeah. Which, real quick, I don't know how how familiar you you are with live albums. This is a live album cover. It really is. It's, yeah, it's just like a neon asterisk. um, Like a neon, it's like a, it is a neon sign. It's not like a drawn one, it doesn't, it looks like, but, um, yeah, I agree. It's definitely an uninspired album cover, but that's okay. It also, I will say, did you notice in the music video for this song, this was like a COVID-ass like, music video set? That did not occur to me whatsoever. You know what? I got <laughs> the, the noise, but not the signal. Mm. My note that I wrote verbatim, and you uh-huh. can see it right there, uh-huh. Green green screen to all hell. Yeah, it is. Because it's just them like they're most of the shots are like maybe two of them in front of a green screen green screen. There's only like one shot or maybe a couple, but like from the same couple of minutes where they were yes. all in the shot together. And like even the full band is like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like they could have just edited that to make it look like they were all together. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Yeah. Um Oh also what do you think yeah. of Anthony Kiedis is mullet. I liked it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. Definitely not his worst hairstyle. I am pro every decision that he's made visually, <laughs> including the I think the mustache is incredible. I think it works for how for like it's an alternative to the the classic old rock star 
vibe, you know? Yeah. It seems like he's trying to keep up in some capacity, which it, it's respectable, I think. Now, the other, the flip side of that coin, hey, he's also 59 and, like, decently shredded. Like, yeah. he, he's in good shape. It, yeah. Him and Flea both. Yeah, they really are. I mean, like, I, it makes sense that they would be. I, I wonder what their, like, day-to-day was during COVID or, like, during quarantine, like, peak quarantine, you know? I bet that they were just working get, out and stuff. I get the sense that there's a lot of working out, a lot of eating well, a lot of meditation, yeah. a lot of just noodling around on instruments for, like, hours on end yeah. and listening to records. Or Anthony Kiedis would, his version of that would just be, like, writing nonsense <laughs> in a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You're not wrong. Yeah, that's probably what he's doing. <laughs> he's just writing same... random syllables that rhyme, <laughs> categorizing every syllable. <laughs> Ornia, Lornia. <laughs> so I can't do. Oh, the bold new move would him to be would be for him to do California. <laughs> it could yeah. be about Islam. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, the music video overall pretty mid. I with the COVID consideration, um, I'll, I'll give it a mulligan, but it's real boring. Mm-hmm. It's just them in front of like images in the background. Yeah, and none of them are particularly inspiring or connected to the meaning. Yeah, the one takeaway I had though, Anthony dressed like a pirate, flea dressed like <laughs> uh, like he meditating. John's just wearing a flannel. Yeah. Like, that, I love that. That's who, that's how I was in my band. He, I was like, I'm just going to wear what I yeah, like. He looks like he was in, like, as soon as he left the band for Stadium Arcadium, they, like, cryogenically froze him in, like, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, like, the oversized pants and Converse's and, like, a, a big, usually red or blue flannel. Yeah. And, and that's it. They're like, you can wake up. When you want to join the band again, <laughs> they're just periodically freezing and unfreezing him to see if he's ready to come back. Sort of a winter soldier yeah. situation. <laughs> but I think that segues perfectly into our discussion of the music because much like John's visuals have been preserved since 2007, his guitar playing seems like it is too. Like, mm-hmm. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, Drew, this song sounds... Like, it could have been a B-side off of Stadium Arcadium. Yeah, it really does. It's crazy. So The chorus is a little bombastic for mm-hmm. that, um, but I think this is... Like, I almost feel like in that respect, it's it could almost be like a, a by-the-way cut. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I love the intro riff, the just real light mm-hmm. kind of like... I don't even know what to call it, but it's it's kind of like twinkly and dark. It's mm-hmm. It's fun. Right away when the vocals come in, Drew, you want to tell me what 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 thoughts were running through your mind? Um, wait, I I need to look at the lyrics again. I have it pulled up over here. I the music in the the verses is like the vocals in the verses are better than in the chorus for sure. It's like an interesting kind of key. I feel like I don't I I'm speaking with no knowledge of how keys work or i don't know what key this song is in i'm gonna be honest but you said it's a little kitty what yeah key to see no <laughs> um what the hell are you talking about man <laughs> uh no i said it is in an interesting key dum, 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 dum. 
Chain, chain, chain. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just sounds like it's in a minor key. Yeah. Um, it's just a minor key. Or maybe thing. like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it could also be like, it sounds like it's in a major key during the chorus. Yeah. But they might just like transpose into it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd, I've never really cared to know what key things were in. Yeah. I just want to know how to play them. Oh, I, um, the first line of the second verse, that I, that was the first lyric that I like read on Genius, and I was like, okay, so the the line is platypus are a few, the secret life of Rue, and I was like, oh damn, Anthony Kiedis has not missed a beat. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't mean anything. Which, and, that's, <laughs> and that's the funny thing. I think that's what like I am very excited for this album because I think. They're getting a little stupid with it again. <laughs> and I think they tried as they were aging to get more serious mm-hmm. and it just doesn't suit them. Yeah. And I support fully the lyric Platypus are few, the secret life of Rue. Yeah. Be- and it's R- Rue, not R U E, like a street or a person's name. It's R O O, like as in the uh, <laughs> abbreviated version of like the like the slang version of kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> Secret life for Rue. <laughs> it sounds like a straight to a straight to DVD movie. Yeah, um, I will say so. Looking at the both of those lyrics are highlighted in on Genius dot com. It seems to be that this song is about those bushfires in Australia. So that makes it a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, but I like it more as just like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I don't like my yeah. Red Hot Chili Pepper songs to be full of meaning these days. Hey, me neither, brother. <laughs> not why not why I'm turning to him in these dark times. <laughs> um, yeah, it, we, hey, it's been talked about ad nauseum. Uh, choosing the word platypus in a song, great. Yeah, that's just cool. Yeah, good. That's like I almost have to just tip my cap to him for even getting that in there. Yeah, <laughs> sort of a benzodiazepine type lyric. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got one thing to sell on Benzo to ask people. <laughs> that's 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 hard to fit in, man. Good on Jason Isbell. Yeah, for real. One thing we've not I can't believe we've not talked about it at all. He chooses a bizarre accent to sing the verses on this song. Yeah. Yes, he does. It's 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 somewhere between like an Irish brogue <laughs> and like I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. It yeah. It sounds I've heard people compare it to sounding like a pirate. Yeah. Like he he but he's mentioning words like sailor and so I feel <laughs> o- like okay with it um because I think that's a very easy way to explain it away but I just don't understand like he seriously there's one line a sailor spoke too soon and China's on the dark side of the moon but he sings it like and China's yeah. on <laughs> the dark side of the moon. It like it this, the vocals in this song kind of seem like somebody trying to remember what a Red Hot Chili Peppers song sounds like. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all, I, I, as a steadfast Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, I'm willing to live with these things yeah. that we're talking about. It's like, what? Oh, I gosh. think I just I would be too nervous to make that choice, and yeah. so part of me almost has to give it to him just for even doing uh, it. The the first line of the chorus, the 
It's been a long time since I've made a new friend. I don't like the way that that works musically. Like, it doesn't resolve right. And that it sounds like they're unsure about how the vocals should be. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It's it, it dri- it's driving. I think that, you, like you said, the, the verses are stronger. Maybe you just meant the lyrics. Or, or do you mean the vocal performance? The, I, the I thought that I mean the, the there's less of that weird accent in the verses. I mean in the chorus. I think it it just sounds like it, like the chorus is cheesier to me than the verses. Which so I think we're in agreement on that. Like it's more musical mm-hmm. in the verses for sure. But I think this is a great. This is the part that makes it the single is the chorus. Been a long time since I met a new friend. Waiting on another black summer to win. Like that, like it just sounds like 90s rock. Mm-hmm. It, like, no, I mean, yeah, it does. I guess it's, it's literally that one line that rubs me the wrong way. And it's, I don't even, I don't know what it is. I just feel like it, I don't like the way that it just goes low. It's not written like a melody, it's written like a, like a backing vocal in that arrangement. But like, I've, I, mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and listen to it with this in mind. Maybe my ear was just correcting for it, but I I had not heard that that bottom one as him descending like made a new friend. I heard it as made a new friend. Like I he probably does both. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. different points. I bet you're right. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to go and listen to that. But that's pretty <laughs> Hey, Drew. Got to be honest, that's pretty uh in the weeds like music criticism. That's this. You could write for Pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got nothing good to say, too. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> so, on balance, the accent, you basically fine with it, pro, anti. If it was anybody other than Anthony Kiedis, I probably wouldn't let it slide as much as I am going to. So, definitely not pro or anti, just... In the middle. A real cool neutral. I see, I see, as it were. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the middle leaning negative, but again, I stomach it. I, it's very simple. My thought process is like, if this was anyone else, I would have left this song already. But it's them, yeah. and I know what they're capable of. I'm gonna give it a chance, and now I kind of like it. Yeah. So I'm back basically to like middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. I mean, it's like, I'm not in eighth grade anymore, and I'm going to be more critical about anything that I listen yeah. to by them. But at the same time, like. When I was getting out of the shower listening to Danny California, I was like, okay, this is a pretty good beat. <laughs> More, what is it? More funk than the federal government. <laughs> what is the saying that I'm trying to reference? I don't know. More power than the, what's it called? More power than the government? Like a game warden? Yeah. <laughs> What did I say? More funk than the federal government? <laughs> More funk than the government. <laughs> I'm a. I'm writing that down. More funk than the federal government. Back it. Hey, that that's some good uh, OMC merch potentially. <laughs> that is. Hollywood's Motorcycle Club. More funk than the government. <laughs> I love that. Hold up. Oh, we're having a. Mo- <laughs> is this a moment? Is this a meet cute? Whoa. <laughs> Sign me up. I love it. I love it. 
I, All right. I, well, email us if you want a T-shirt that says that. Welcome. That would also be really easy to print because it's just words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I love it. I'll do it. Fist yeah, bump through the phone. I would too. Ooh, fist bump through the phone. <laughs> um, well, we're we're running long in the tooth. There is a lot that's going to get cut out of this one, but I think we should do our best to kind of put a bow on this one. And then we'll we'll talk at the end about like, you know, like there will be more in the future once this album comes out or until we hear anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go back into it. Honestly, my only con with the song that you've cleared up about the meaning is this is not even my read. It's I know it's going to be people's reads. It feels like bad timing to have a song called Black Summer because the lyric is waiting on another black summer to end. Like I feel like dipshits are going to yeah. read the song's lyrics or hear it and be like, think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are like Q or something. Yeah. And not even that they're racist. Like that might be, I I, I would be willing to bet money that we'll get some kind of like BuzzFeed ass article about like this being mildly insensitive, uh, but mm-hmm. that it will quickly be forgotten if that happens. I don't know if it will. Yeah. I think no, I, I think that conservatives I, are going to start loving Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to see it if only because that would be very funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much at the point where it's like that sounds too good to pass up. I'm fine with this being yeah. co-opted <laughs> by the right. <laughs> what does that say about me? I don't know, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Parody just in case. No, I I <laughs> I actually considered trying to make a joke about that Black Summer thing. And I was like, you know, classic Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Anti-Black Lives Matter. But yeah, I, I'm glad we got that one cleared up. Um, yeah. I Now that I know that it like has no... I, at first I thought it was merely insensitive. Now I'm like, oh, okay, this is just... <laughs> hijinks are about yeah. to ensue my like my what hijinks <laughs> uh odometer is going off or ometer i yeah. suppose <laughs> yeah um but overall drew but give a damn busted busted <laughs> <laughs> that synced up perfectly on my end which means that we did busted at two different points in time but they synced up magically nice hey that's a beautiful thing, ain't it? One minute you say I'm busted in the booty club, and the next minute you're doing it with somebody else's daughter. Now that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> that's two Spodiote Dopalicious references in the life of this podcast, which is less than 15 episodes. Wow. We, we're going for a record, I, I think. think. so. Hey, Trent Wilkes, who I haven't told about this yet, but... Am, committing myself to you're gonna love this when you hear it you're just not ready for it yeah. yet <laughs> your kids are yeah, gonna love yeah, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well so drew bottom line on black summer um i would say it's an optimistic five optimistic five i'm getting i'm giving this i'm in a generous mood I I think for all the shenanigans with the vocals, you know me, 
I'm never listening first mm-hmm. and foremost to the vocals. I'm listening to bass yeah. first, then guitar, then drums. But all of them, like the gap between those and my attention to the vocal delivery and lyrics, is mm-hmm. is is immense. I don't care about yeah. the words to a song really, and I almost never read into them. Not because I don't think there's mm-hmm. value in it. My my enjoyment of music is zero percent about the words and one hundred percent about the music. Musically, yeah. this is a return to form. It sounds like vintage Chili yeah. Peppers, even if vintage by my standards now is fifteen years ago. I'm giving this one right. like a seven. I think I think it's pretty yeah. good in the context of their entire history and my relationship to them. I think the listening yeah. public will give this a four to a five. Pitchfork will give this a three if they were doing it. I think a, I think a lot of people will write it off for how much it sounds like early two thousands Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I love that about it. I just do. But yeah, exactly. It's like for those of us who have been in the trenches <laughs> during the 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 I'm with yous in the the what's it called? The getaways. The getaway. I can't believe that um, I can't remember whether there was one more album, but I don't think there was. Well, they had that, like, the I'm With You B-sides yeah, yeah. that they released over the course of several months. But was it? That were, like, it was, like, an album's worth of songs. I just, I can't believe that I'm blanking on whether there was one more Josh Klinghoffer album or not. That's just what I'm, like, I know the B-sides, but I'm saying, like, there well, wasn't the, another studio release, was there? I don't think so. But it's, it's essentially equates to three albums worth of songs. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm I'm embarrassed that I can't remember. I was the world leader on like what was it? What was that um trivia app? I don't it might have been Trivia Crack. Um but I think it might have been the other one. I was the I was number one in the world in Red Hot Chili Peppers trivia. <laughs> that was my moment in the sun. I played it constantly until I memorized the answers and so it was basically cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. But I knew a, Good I for knew you. a lot at one point. <laughs> and that's why you were valedictorian? I think so. God. Yeah, I'm almost probably. I'm almost embarrassed. Don't tell me that, that, <laughs> that that's true about me. I'm almost embarrassed that this is the life that I'm living <laughs> in light of that. Uh, not not because I don't love it. I'm doing what I love, but I feel mm. like I understand why my parents get upset with me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. You're exactly where you need to be, Matthew. I agree. <laughs> hey, I I don't want that to be lost one bit. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, I have good news. I, as I said, I, I must have liked this thing enough because I went ahead and pre-ordered the album on vinyl. <laughs> it's almost, I just nice. feel that collector completionist itch to get it. Mm-hmm. And I'll make, Hey, good or bad, I have a copy of The Getaway on vinyl, too. Like, yeah. I have a feeling I'll just appreciate it, like, the novelty of it, even if I stop liking them in, like, 30 years. And that would be such an interesting yeah. thing to return to as, like, right. a relic of this time of my life. Yeah. I I look forward to that. And so I don't really care if it's good or bad. I'm excited that we get new Chili Peppers, and I'm excited, most of all, this has gone undersaid that John Frusciante is back on it because I have... I feel like it's yeah. going to be pretty decent. Absolutely. There's going to be minimum three to five songs that are just bangers off of it. I have a really good feeling about that. Yeah, definitely. It'll be like, it'll be it'll be very, very cool. He, I think that he's probably been 
only getting better. Oh, certainly. In like by himself, you know. Um, so I think he'll be bringing so much to the table, and yeah, and also I think it'll be really cool. Guy. I also I'm excited to to see what Flea's been up to. Yeah, he's probably been basing it up. Oh yeah, for if sure. I had to guess. Do you follow him? I hope he plays trumpet and stuff like that on the album. That would be cool. Do you follow him? Yeah, I think so. I I know I follow him on Twitter. I see whenever he and Jason Isbell uh, interact with each other. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's yeah. me with like <laughs> John Darnielle and like Magic the Gathering fans. <laughs> I also <Yeah>. see that. <laughs> um, well, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the word on the Chili Peppers. We'll probably be back whenever the album comes out or as we get another single or something. Um, we won't have all of the intro, but maybe we'll get into some reminiscing, perhaps. There's so much that we yeah. can talk about with them. Like, just yeah. music, just its place in our lives. Fun mm-hmm. experience. We didn't even talk about Music Midtown at all. We saw them together in yeah. 2013. We did. That was nuts. Yeah. Hey. That was, that was crazy. First concert. Well, technically, the first concert was Arctic Monkeys earlier that day, but still. Hey. Well, hey, the let the record show our record. We'll we'll go into our Minecraft world and put it in one of the books. <laughs> yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> for show. Hey, maybe Red Hot Chili Peppers will have a concert on Minecraft, sort of like Travis uh, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Hey, maybe is Anthony Kiedis the anti-Travis Scott? I found this article on Consequences that Anthony Kiedis saved the baby's life while Ooh. filming Carpool Karaoke. Something mm. to consider. <laughs> <laughs> when Travis, hey, I seem to recall Travis Scott uh, at at the very best um, was privy to a bunch of people dying without doing anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to withhold judgment on labeling him a murderer because I, I have strong feelings about how that works, uh, but definitely guilty by association, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, Either way, um, Anthony Kiedis, you think he hasn't done that at least. <laughs> yeah. But will Anthony Kiedis get a meal at McDonald's? Probably not at this point. <laughs> Damn. Well, if, well, here's hoping. Yeah, and if he does, you'll learn about it here. I'll get a Anthony Kiedis meal with a John Frusciante shake. What if they just opened a fast food restaurant and instead fleas, of an album? <laughs> fleas in my food. <laughs> Uh, French fleas. Uh, oh, okay, mm. okay. <laughs> and Chad, Chad, a meal for Chads is how they'll market it. <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses dot 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 or Will Ferrell dot dot dot. Am I Chad. seeing double dot dot dot? <laughs> Chad Smith cola. There we go. There we go. That's something. Chad Cola. <laughs> hey, that works. It's just a bag of Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's KFC branded because they've tanked by the time this meal comes out. It'll, after, it'll be after they've had their cultural renaissance. And yeah. KFC is presumably like, <laughs> their profits have just gone, they've gone below negative. KFC has been entirely acquired by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a hostile takeover that would be. <laughs> a red hot still takeover. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. 
get out of get rid of that Nashville hot. It's gonna be red hot chicken. No, come on, Drew. That's like a thing. <laughs> Is it? I'm sure, red hot chicken. I'm sure there's at like least Frank's red one hot item at one restaurant called Red Hot Chicken. But at KFC, I, I don't know, man. You're not wrong. I guess is what I'm saying. That's just like <laughs> I think you could have been more clever with it. Well, I'm more just you know that if 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 Red Hot Chili Peppers owned KFC, <laughs> Red Hot, yes, they would have s- some kind of Red Hot I'm Chicken. I'm sure the spicy chicken would be called Red Hot Chicken. I agree. Yeah, I'm just saying if we can imagine <laughs> it, why dream so small? Why not dream big? Why are we? <laughs> why are we doing their branding for them? Think about all the zany names we could come up with. Well, we got to get the easy ones out of the way first. We got to fill out the menu. And again, I say, why dream so small? <laughs> this could be anything, Drew. You're you are God in the universe of Red Hot Chili Peppers owning KFC. <laughs> why not get a little fun with it? Red Hot well, Chicken. What would you are do, you smart ki- guy? Are you kidding me? Red Hot Chicken. That's a- Drew, I know you're capable of so much more. I think that a lot of people would buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your soul, man? Where's your heart and soul? For every Doritos Locos taco, there's a Burrito Supreme that is sold at Taco Bell. It's true, but you sound so... Nothing hey, inventive about the Burrito hey, Supreme. It's this just doesn't good. sound like the Red Hot Chili Peppers listener I became friends with. You've gone corporate, <laughs> man. Well, I, I, guess I trust that they would provide a lot of the creativity also. That's a big old leap of faith that I guess we're going to have to... Uh, I'm gonna have to come out on you that one with you. You think Flea is not gonna want to be in the room when we're naming the menu items? That's fair, but I you don't know these <laughs> rock star types like I do, Drew. They want to be in and out of there two minutes. They want it rubber stamped that they had their seal of approval, mm. and they'll be mad in hindsight if something slips past them. But they're letting the lawyers handle the legalese, and you know I'm right. Mm. Yeah. They are not given creative control on the <laughs> most basic item name <laughs> in the restaurant. <laughs> I think I think a simpleton could rub two sticks together and come up with a red hot chicken. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next chili pepper chicken? <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would probably Chili pepper poppers, mm, jalap- like jalapeno poppers. <laughs> Red hot chili pepper poppers. Drew, this is not why you got your <laughs> advertising degree. <laughs> well, then why did I? You sound like you're in risk management. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. You're gonna be talking about the fiduciary responsibilities of every. You, you act like these, these are useless suggestions. No, hey, <laughs> right hand to God. I think these are. If if I were making a restaurant, these are the actual concerns that I would be concerned with. But this is us on a podcast talking about the craziest shit the Red Hot Chili Peppers KFC merger could produce. <laughs> and I just asked to be on the same astral plane. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I we're working with two two things that don't go together as perfectly as to as one of those things with something else. Because really, it's probably if it would be 
Red Hot Chili Peppers and Taco Bell. It, There'd be so much more you could do. It's a pipe dream, Felt. It's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it on that because I could talk about if Red Hot Chili Peppers had a uh, a creative majority <laughs> on the Taco Bell fortune. <laughs> hey, hey, write that down. We'll save it for another episode. Or I'll hear it when I'm editing. I'll, I'll write it down then. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for sitting with us through the first installment of... Let's see if I can get this right. One <laughs> hedgy hochi parentheses red hot chili peppers minute. You've been fantastic yeah. listeners. We'll come at you with all the red hot chili peppers news that's fit to print. Or talk. Mm. <laughs> Drew, you going to hit him with those plugs? Or scat. <laughs> or scat. <laughs> Let's leave that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the people with the plugs, my man. Hey, and just in uh, case you forgot, more funk than the government. <laughs> Our Instagram, if you want to follow that for memes, and we'll let you know when we're coming out with new episodes, is Olifonts underscore MC. You can email the show um, at olifontsmotorclub at gmail.com. We're still waiting on Mad Libs. Um, and recipes for anyone sending those oh real quick i can't believe i'd almost forgotten about this shout out to a good friend of mine steven who is melody's sister maribel's husband um Mm -hmm. he texted me about with information about barrows you remember we, we this was like ages ago do you remember the episode where we were talking about fog on the barrow downs and we were both at a loss for what it is so here is the official explanation burrows are grave sites with treasures inside of them draugr protect protect the treasure and Mm. so like all the the tombs in skyrim steven says are barrows wow what were these hobbits doing in there? Well, they were remember they were taking the 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 road less traveled, as if I may, mm. um, to stay out of sight and hide from those black riders. Hey, wow! Been a long time since I made a new hobbit, waiting on another black rider to not catch him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also says, you "Remember there were the Barrow Whites." He yeah. also says, "White is just." an old word for human. Um, and so it, oh. it has changed connotation. So we read it more as like spooky monsters, which I think they were a little bit, but yeah. to the old English, it sounds like, or maybe even before then, I don't really know. Um, it just barrel human, barrel person. It's prob- probably uh, Tolkien sort of co-opted that term oh, definitely. to mean something more monstrous. It's a real um, linguistic colonizer. Well, cool. Yeah. <laughs> colonizer of English culture. Yeah, so thank you, Stephen. Uh, I think he is officially yeah. the first person who didn't know about the show's genesis, who has commented about it, like, in terms of, like, reaching out. Um, nice. So, big ups to you. We'll be sending you um, a free PlayStation 5. Um, we'll drop the link below. Yeah. Um, y- yeah. Y'all can enter parody. <laughs> I do not want to. <laughs> the OMC lawyers do not want to get on that. Kate, you'll thank me later. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, if you want to follow the show's Twitter, we are at MC. 
Um, and my Twitter is at Drew Felt. You can follow me at mute underscore Matthew. All right. Well, cool. Well, Drew, it's been a pleasure talking <laughs> uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and KFC and three concerts that I went to. <laughs> I guess I will. Yeah. Uh, I'll see you around. Everything in between. Yeah. yeah. All see right, ya. peace, man. Talk to all y'all later. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you.